Yo, 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 what is up? What is up, Gen Nation? What is up, YouTube? What is up, Twitch? Everybody out there on the podcast, how are you doing? My name is Scythex. This is episode 21 of the Multiversal Podcast. We are back. It is the last cast of the end of the month. So what that means is at the end of the show, we will be running through all the game releases for February. But before we get through the gaming or get to the gaming, we need to start somewhere. And that somewhere is we are all available on all podcast channels. So if you're a fan of listening to strictly just the audio, check us out. Just search for GGen or GGE Network. We should be able to uh, pop up on all um, all your favorite apps for uh, your podcast listening. Also, we do have merch available and uh, the link will be in the description below, whether you're on YouTube or the podcast. If you're on Twitch, hit command merch and chat and uh, click the link, pick out some dope gear. Um, Not only will you look good, but you also help us out a little bit. So uh, we greatly appreciate that. And like I said, we are getting to gaming, but first we have a lot to talk about with entertainment but briefly before we get into entertainment we're gonna take a pit stop before we even start in uh the comic verse okay and uh basically which i i found this interesting and i i don't pretend to be the craziest uh the comic head you know what i mean like i know what i know and uh I don't like, let's just say I don't have the knowledge that like Zuplex has, for example. Um, and, and if, and, and to, to, what am I trying to say here? Basically, the Ninja Turtles comic books, I never really read through. And I claim myself to be a big time Ninja Turtle fan. I had every freaking toy there was to uh, have back in the 80s right and 90s i had every game that to ever come out i've played it all i've watched every cartoon every movie ever i've even the musicals which were god awful but they were ninja turtles and i watched them. the one thing i never did was read their comic books which is where all this began and i kind of feel guilty about that My point being is now we are reaching a weird time because uh, the last Ronin comic book, which is featuring Raphael, I guess, is the the, I guess I'm assuming here because I haven't read it. He's he's the last one left. It's Raphael by his own, you know, by himself, taking care of business, as you know, Raphael would do. And uh What they're saying is in this comic run, we are going to get four new Ninja Turtles. Four new ones. We've had, you know, we've had plenty of new characters. Whether they're, you know, like friendly um friendly turtles or you know the 
um, what's the name? Uh, frogs, April. Yeah, you know, Casey Jones. We've have all these characters that are friendly to the main turtles, but I'm guessing we're starting a new comic book run of four new turtles, and it's gonna kick off with this last Ronin comic, which I find fascinating. Will this branch into brand new movies with new characters, new cartoons with these new characters, new comics, obviously with these are coming with these new characters, new games is Donatello, Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, no more for the future of Ninja Turtles. Have they ran out of stories to tell with these four? I would hate that to be the case, but. I'll leave it up to you to decide because in my opinion, you can't get rid of the core, but I understand adapting and changing and, uh, and, and stories just running out. You don't have to force a story. If it makes sense, it makes sense. So I understand it. And uh, I'm just curious what you guys think about it because I found this uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but with that being said, we are going to tap into the entertainment verse. We got a bunch to talk about and, uh, let's not waste any time. So, uh, Jason Momoa has made some news recently. Um, he is basically telling people, well, okay. So I'll start it with. The rumor is, and it's not confirmed, but it's pretty much confirmed, um, that Jason Momoa is going to work on a new character for the DCU ran by James Gunn. So the rumors were flying that Aquaman 2 are, is going to be the end of Jason Momoa's run as Aquaman as he, you know, shifts gears into this new character. And that new character he's hoping which i'm sure this is the case is going to be low uh, lobo right so what's interesting is I, jason momoa pumped the brakes on uh, either in an interview or on twitter and he basically said whoever told you i'm not gonna play aquaman anymore is wrong and and I'm paraphrasing. He basically says they would have to take it from me, meaning I'm not giving up this character. I am this character. So this poses the question. If Momoa is staying as Aquaman, as he says it, as he says he is, if he is staying as Aquaman and we know James Gunn wants to work with Jason in other DC roles, AKA Lobo. Can he do both? Is Lobo, uh, is he a character where you can really manipulate the way he looks? So yeah, it's Momoa acting, but it's not Aquaman on screen as a villain because you need to be able to separate when you're, if, especially if you're using the same actor, you need to be able to separate if he's, you know, Aquaman or this character. For example, um, what's his name? Uh, God, Josh Brolin. He was Thanos, right? 
but Thanos was a CGI mocap suit with with makeup and CGI whatever, right? And then he's Cable, which is more more himself. He's able to play these two characters and uh, not be able to confuse the audience, right? Playing two different Marvel characters. So I believe he can be Aquaman and Lobo as long as they really make it that we know it's not. It looks like it's not him. We'll know it's him. We'll hear that it's him, or maybe we won't hear that it's him. Maybe they'll alter his voice as well. Who knows? But you got to be able to um, separate the two characters, even though it's the same person playing it. So I think it's possible. I found it interesting because we all thought Aquaman uh, was going to get recasted after this last movie. But um, maybe not. Maybe that's not the case, as Jason's telling you and... Uh, <laughs> Gunn is telling you, hey, I never said he's out. I just said he might be uh, this other character also. So who knows? But um, yeah, DC, the DCU is uh, forever changing with uh, James Gunn and forever getting more confusing in the direction. So... <laughs> Take it for what you will. Uh, speaking of confusing, David Iyer, the director of the su the original Suicide Squad movie, cannot let go of the fact that there is his Iyer cut out there and WB won't release it. He is fighting so hard to release his cut, where on the flip side, it was more of a fan-driven thing to get the Snyder Cut, right? No, no one... I, I'm, I don't want to say no one, because I'm sure there's fans out there that want it. But it's not as popular to have this iteration of the Suicide Squad back on screen in some form, whether that's on HBO Max or movie whatever is that something you really want to see now for me personally i thought the suicide uh, suicide squad movie was fun it wasn't great at all but i enjoyed it for what it was i didn't take it seriously and i'm starting to really do that with dc movies i just don't take them seriously because they're they're always like there's always something with DC going on and I'm hoping with the DCU we can really take it seriously and appreciate uh the character growth of these you know different versions of, of characters from the DC universe so I don't know if the Iron Cut ever is to release I'm going to watch it I enjoyed the first movie as it was. If the if he's saying the Iron Cut is way better and WB butchered it like they did to the to the Justice League, which is very possible. I'm not saying it's not possible. Uh if that is the case and this cut makes the movie that much better, that much more enjoyable, then why wouldn't I want to watch it? So, um I'm on board to have this thing release. 
I don't think it's going to, because I feel like this is more of a, a him, a, a him, you know, battle, not a us battle. <laughs> Where like the Snyder Cut, it was all of us yelling, give us the Snyder Cut. We're not really seeing it that loud for this uh, ire cut, I guess you would call it. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm going to watch the movie if it comes out. If it doesn't come out, it, it, it is what it is. I'm not I'm not going to go crazy over it because there is a new there is a new sheriff in town running D.C. And we got brand new stuff coming. So seeing the old stuff, you know, it's going to become a. It's just going to become like another old movie that just has nothing to do with what's really going on in the universe. And um, speaking of the universe, and we're going to slip over to the MCU briefly. Um, people are really asking Kevin Feige, like what, what, and not just him, but I guess other people. Like, what's the secret formula that makes the MCU so successful? And Kevin Feige gave people probably the most boring answer you can think of. He basically said that there is no formula. We just work hard and uh, we put in the time to make these movies what they are. And, and I don't agree with him. He, he, Kevin Feige can talk and talk and talk and really shift your focus in a direction away from what's really happening because he does it in his movies. He'll show you one thing in trailers and the movie will, the movie will show you something else. Like they're constantly changing the narrative so you're fooled and surprised when you get to uh, sit down in that theater and i'm not saying this is that that that's not really what's happening with this question but it is the formula that he's not telling you in my opinion his formula is a great eye and talent whether it's his team, whether it's him personally, he has a great eye for talent and he knows who he wants to run these characters. Listen, there's some Marvel movies that I do not like and it's not because they're really... They're the worst Marvel movies, which are all pretty good. Like, let's be real. But they're the worst Marvel movies, right? And oh, and shows. There's, you know, whatever. But the actors and actresses that play these characters, maybe they get bad writing, maybe they get bad CGI, whatever. But the person playing the character is usually the right choice for that character. And maybe that's part of his formula. Like, at least that's what I think it is. Getting the right person to play the part. A second part to his formula is creating a large story 
that all these mini stories fit into. For example, the Infinity Saga. The large story is Thanos wants these stones and to do and to wipe out half the universe, right? But all these little mini battles and stories all lead up to that final moment. Now, phase four, we all know, has been a cluster and there was no real direction. But I guess that's on purpose as the multiverse has no real direction because the directions are going everywhere, right? So I guess that's the point. And it was kind of more of like a reset phase. But with phase five starting now with ant-man we're really locking in the story with kang being the final destination and then there's the secret wars being the destination after that so there's a story that's building and it started with loki in season four there's a larger story building and dc failed to do that they couldn't figure out how to do it. Snyder tried. Snyder had issues. Snyder failed. Jeff Whedon, God, was a terrible decision to get him in there to try to do it. Um, and it seems simple, right? Cast the right people. Tell a larger story within your smaller stories. Connect every movie in some fashion, which would be the larger story. Make us like characters that are not mainstream. Make us like characters that are not mainstream. They're not popular. They're B and C level characters that we grow to love because of how you tell us their story. All right? And they in turn add to the bigger picture. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, they're more popular now than they they'll ever have been before the movies. I knew really nothing about them until the movies. But now they're one of my they're they're my favorite characters in the MCU. So like that that's part of the formula. Making B and C level heroes and making them super important to the bigger picture. And that bigger picture being told across a span of however many shows and movies you want to do it. And having the right people play those characters. That's their formula. And. Telling us. Nothing. About it until we see it in the theater. Outside of trailers. when the tra and, and the trailers don't show us everything that. Or they show us something that's completely different. So it's secrecy. Characters. Um, character importance large overall story uh, spanning across multiple films and movies and casting choices that's your MCU formula and he was not going to tell you that but he's the best in the game to do it so
Speaking of formulas, terrible segue, we have Netflix up. Uh, the formula to success for Netflix was the ability to password share. I'm just going to say it. Everybody password shares. They know it. You know it. I know it. Why, why does uh, Ozark have, you know, one of the largest viewing numbers, streaming numbers? Why does Cobra Kai top the charts and streams? Because there's multiple people watching it, obviously. And Netflix is taking password sharing away which means all those viewership numbers are going to tank down to hell. How can it not? And they even said it like they know that they're going to lose users. They're going to lose viewers. The numbers are going to be bad for a little while. So they say, I think it's going to be a long while. It, like it's so important i don't isn't the goal isn't the goal to have the eyes right the eyes on what you're creating that's the goal that's the ultimate goal i mean but for a streaming service the ultimate goal is just somebody putting their credit card number in for a subscription and not sharing it with anybody so apparently in March, around March, Netflix is going to finally pull the plug on password sharing. So if your brother, your sister, your mother, grandma, whoever is watching your account or you're watching Netflix on their account, uh, you're either not watching Netflix anymore or you're having you're going to have to, you know, uh, put in your credit card information and get your own account. And I can guarantee there's going to be people that just walk away from Netflix. Some people are going to bitch about it and then down the road come back because they want to watch a show that's only on Netflix. They'll be like, all right, whatever. I really want to watch the show. I'm going to just do it. And now they have another bill. <laughs> um, but like you're this is this is gonna get very interesting for the other apps because you know they're all watching hbo max hulu prime you know they're all watching netflix is gonna do this and it's gonna either heavily destroy their numbers and their reputation and really tank the good that they've been doing because they're 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 top of the game man they're at the top if they're successful and their numbers go way up because now people are forced to put in their own credit card numbers and this works and they keep a, a recurring viewer coming back every app is going to do this they're going to be like, wow, Netflix did it. It worked. Password sharing, you're gone. 
If you're sharing HBO Max, get your own account. If you're sharing Hulu, get your own account. This is the formula. The success is what Hulu is, what Netflix is doing. If it tanks, the other apps are going to be like, well, we knew that wasn't going to work. We told you we weren't going to stop password sharing like Netflix. So if you don't want to be bothered with them, come on over to our platform and uh, watch our great content if they have it. HBO Max, we know it does. Prime usually does, you know. They're they're gonna they're gonna flip their demise <laughs> into a positive to try to steal the viewers that left Netflix and don't want to pay for it. So I don't know. This is going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I have my own Netflix account, so I'm not worried about it. But uh, if you're sharing, prepare for uh, prepare to. Put in your own card or go to somebody's house and watch it. Have a movie night. <laughs> Figure it out. But uh, here's your warning. You got a couple months left and Netflix is pulling the plug. So we'll move on with that. Speaking of pulling the plug. Hello, Sydney. Uh, we have Scream 6. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to go right off the bat and tell you I did not watch the latest Scream, Scream 5. Now, I used to love these Scream movies. I just never got around to watch it. I heard it was pretty good. I didn't hear it was like, you know, the greatest thing ever or it was awful. It was a pretty good slasher. Good enough to continue it for a sequel. Now, something I thought I would never see from Scream is the ghost face in Manhattan. Now, this has me heavily intrigued because uh, you put a slasher serial killer in the most populated city in the country. You are going to have a field day Ghostface is going to have a field day uh, and if, you, if you're watching on Twitch or YouTube I got a picture of Ghostface on uh, the subway this movie has potential to be bonkers with him running rampant and chasing people around in Manhattan so I can't wait but the trailer dropped and the trailer looked so super interesting it has a great cast and uh it's got you know it's got some of the oldies it's got some new ones um i think some from you know um scream 5 which now i have to see because i don't want to miss this one so now i gotta watch scream 5 and uh really get on it so i'm ready for scream 6 don't know if they're gonna be heavily connected all the screams kind of are connected in some way, especially when you keep using the old characters. So I'm just going to assume watch Scream 5, get ready for 6, and uh, I can't wait to see Ghostface in Manhattan because this is going to be terrifying and amazing at the same time. 
So, uh, speaking of terrifying, I'm just going to keep doing bad segues after bad segues. Speaking of uh, terribly uh, terrifying, um, Cobra Kai season six was announced and I'm super, super, super excited for the return of Cobra Kai. They didn't announce when it was coming. It's coming sometime this year. So probably later in the year, I would imagine. Or over the summer. Um, the tr the announcement got me so amped, and then it crushed me because they find they they announced that this season, season six, is the final season of Cobra Kai. When I watched Kin, um, I was gonna say Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> Weird segue alert. Uh, when I watched Karate Kid back in the day, and I, I loved it. I never thought in a million years I'd be watching a YouTube slash Netflix show about the Karate Kid characters all grown up, and I thought I would never care about new kids taking on you know the wave of the fist <laughs> and care about their stories as well but this show is if it's not my favorite show on Netflix it's damn near the top of the list with whatever else that could be because there's a couple Netflix shows that I have on a really high pedestal they're they're up there but I don't know what order I would rank it. So I'm not going to say that Cobra Kai is the best. Although it very well damn could be. Especially after this next season. Because they're saying it's the biggest season. So it's probably going to be longer. Hopefully the episodes are a little longer. Uh, it's the baddest season. So it's going to be a lot of stuff going on. It sounds like they're trying to go out with a bang. And uh, it's bittersweet because it brought me back. This show brought me back to a world I didn't know I wanted to be brought back to. It, it, that's just the fact. It brought all of us back. This show is more for us. As well as bringing in new fans. Which is why they smartly added, you know... Um, the kids' stories of joining Cobra Kai and Eagle Fang and Miyagi-Do. But this show is really for us. Really for that old school Karate Kid movie fan. It was for us. And uh, I'm really sad that this is ending because this has been the best, one of the best, if not the best, running series in the past five to six years um, so it, I'm going to be super sad to see it go. It was a great ride. I have no idea what this next season is going to, uh, cover. We have that worldwide tournament that they, uh, Miyagi-Do qualified for. And 
Cobra Kai's qualification. Now Terry Silver's in jail. He's probably going to escape somehow. Or something's going to happen. We have... Um, uh, what's his name? Who did escape the jail? Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank, man. Uh, what? God damn it. What the hell? Crease. <laughs> Jesus. Sensei Crease. He did escape prison. Which is pretty stupid of him, considering that he was caught and the confession was, um, no, you know, changed because the uh, stingray. So he was going to get released and Silver was going to get thrown in jail and they probably would have passed each other in the hallway as one was leaving and one was entering. But he ended up escaping, making things worse for himself. So now he's he's a fugitive. But you know he's not going to let Cobra Kai, you know, um, Cobra, he, he's not going to let Cobra Kai die. So who knows? What Kreese has in store for us in this final season. He's going to be a maniac. Terry Silver is not going to give up somehow from prison. He's going to find a way. This tournament will happen. This world tournament. One way or another. It's going to be somehow life or death as it always is. And uh, it's going to be pretty nuts. To see how... Cobra Kai ends. Now, this isn't the end of the universe because, yeah, they're trying to build this Cobra, this uh, Karate Kid universe. We're going to have new stories to tell. We're going to have different, um, different characters, different stories of existing characters. It's just going to be a whole different thing, a different show. But for Cobra Kai themselves, this is the end, and uh, it's bittersweet because this was probably the best thing that happened for TV in a long, 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 long time, especially for fans of Karate Kid. Uh, another surprise, and this was a pretty big surprise to me, was Dungeons & Dragons dropped their movie trailer. Now, I never played Dungeons & Dragons. I... I I never tried it. I'm not going to talk ill on it. I don't know how the game works. I don't know anything about it, to be honest. Other than that, I've heard about it. I know people play it. I know it's like a, I, I think a card game or a strategy game of some sort. So I didn't really care when I heard that there was a movie coming out. But then I watched this trailer that dropped today that has Michelle Rodriguez, Chris Pine. I think I saw Hugh Grant in there somewhere, if I'm not mistaken. The trailer looked bonkers. Like there was just all kinds of weird spells and dragons. And uh, I guess Chris Pine's character and Michelle Rodriguez, they're thieves, and they're trying to steal something. 
from the kingdom or whatever they're doing and they have the dragons after them and all this witchcraft and all kinds of crazy magic stuff going on and the movie just looked fun it just looked plain old fun so um really well-made trailer if you haven't checked it out whether you like dungeons and dragons or you don't like dungeons and dragons watch the trailer and tell me that doesn't look fun because it did to me and now i'm probably gonna go see this movie or at least see it when it drops on streaming one way or another i will be watching this movie just off that trailer because it looks fun i was super shocked by that um next up we have michael b jordan he is on board to make a new rainbow six movie now I've been meaning to watch Without Remorse for a long time because I am a Tom Clancy fan. I love their games. I love uh, the Rainbow Six games in particular. I love the Division, Division 2. My favorite Rainbow Six games is not the current one, which is Siege. I absolutely hate that game, and I've said it multiple times. It's one of their worst, even though it's their most popular right now. In my opinion, it's their worst they got rid of what made them special, which was like, it was essentially like the cooperative terrorist hunts and tactical, really being super tactical in the gameplay where like in siege. Yeah. You're kind you're being tactical, but you're still, you're not taking cover. You're tilting your gun. You're only tilting your gun to peek a corner. You're not really doing much. You're maybe sending an RC car or you're boarding up windows. Like it's kind of, I don't know, man. It seems more of an arena game and not so much tactical game. In my opinion, where like Rainbow Six Vegas was all tactics, all multiplayer co-op and, uh, and regular multiplayer. You can cover behind stuff. It switches to the third person when you're covered, covering. Switches right back to first person. Fluid movement, great gunplay. Back in the day, you had Rainbow Six, Rainbow Six, Rogue Spear. You had all these great Rainbow Six games. And um, my point is, I'm a fan of Tom Clancy. I really want the Division movie to be made. And we're really not getting anything out of Ubisoft about it. And Michael B. Jordan made a movie called Without Remorse, which is a Tom Clancy movie. Now, what I didn't know, because I haven't seen it yet, is apparently it's a Rainbow Six style movie. And there's a new movie coming out, which is, I guess, a sequel to Without Remorse, which is considered to be a CIA Rainbow Six operation it's, it's going to be an r6 movie where i think rem uh, without remorse is uh, maybe the start of it maybe the building of the rainbow six squad but this movie's really going to be about rainbow six and uh that has me excited that has me wanting to watch without remorse even more and being getting ready for rainbow six to come so i like michael b jordan 
I, I can't wait to see uh, Without Remorse now and and to prepare for this Rainbow Six movie because I'm a fan of, of these Tom Clancy stories. So, um, I yeah, nothing else I can say about that other than speaking of great stories, can we talk about The Last of Us real quick? I'm going to. I'm not going to spoil anything because we're going to do that tomorrow in the theater room. We're going to dive deep. I mean, deep. We're going to dive into this into this episode because it was a banger. Episode one was 80 minutes long. Episode two was only 55 minutes long. But yet episode two was just as impactful. It was amazing. Um, the pacing of the episode, even like, I thought the first episode had great pacing considering it was a long episode. Episode two is no different. Even though it was shorter, it felt like we were getting like full episode. I mean, and essentially we were, it was a normal runtime of 55 minutes. So it was, you know, a normal hour episode. But it just felt like it didn't miss anything. It got to tell everything it really wanted to tell. And this episode was directed by Neil Druckmann himself. You have a video game story creator directing your live action. Not only is he creating it, he's directing an episode. And this episode did not miss. It was thrilling it was suspenseful we got more backstory we got a little little bit of backstory from ellie we get to see the relationship between ellie joel and tess grow there's more comparisons to the video game where you're like wow the set the set of the the whole episode Every building they went in, everywhere they went, the visuals of, of the skyline, of the buildings, of the city, uh, it was stripped right out of the video game. It was the most beautiful thing. How can a run-down piece-of-crap city with fungus infections everywhere look so beautiful? It really, it really did. It was amazing. Are they? Is this being like shot outside? Are did they make these sets? These large sets? Is this all green screen? Because it looks fantastic. Whatever they're doing, it's working. The show looks fantastic. Now, in episode two, they gave us a little twist on on uh on the story a little bit they gave us a little something in the show that um is a change up from what the game was and i'm not going to really go into that until tomorrow but uh it was kind of really the first time where we're like that's that's a pretty big difference from what we got from the game and it works it works for the show 
it makes sense for the show and it makes it more terrifying for the show. So take that for what you want, what you will. It was a fantastic episode. Joel Pedro. Pedro is Joel and this dude just doesn't miss. We've said it before. We'll say it again. He is a phenomenal actor, mastercraft, and uh, he doesn't miss. He is Joel. Bella Ramsey had a great episode as Ellie. Uh, she, like I said in previously in Theater Room and um, maybe other MVPs, I don't know her. I never watched Game of Thrones, the OG Game of Thrones, so I don't know her as an actress. But she's killing this role so far. I, She's killing this role. She is a great Ellie so far. Um, they're, they're really nailing down the look. They're nailing down her attitude. And yeah, I, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see Joel and Ellie really start bonding and growing. And you really see them kick ass all the way to the finish line. I cannot wait. Eh. The zombies in this episode were top notch. I'm not going to go into it. because I want you guys to experience it because tomorrow is going to be the spoiler talk. But. It, man, we've seen a lot of zombie movies and a lot of zombie shows. How can you not be impressed with what The Last of Us is doing with zombies? They're taking a tire. They're taking something that most people are sick and tired of seeing on television like the walking dead storyline and zombie storylines in general have kind of like they worn out their welcome they were hot for a long time but it wore out its welcome however in the on the gaming side the last of us kept the zombie thing going they were just telling it in their own way and the fact that we get to see this on screen is beautiful it, it's really twisting the way zombies operate and why they're doing what they're doing and uh, it's really interesting how they change it up for this episode and uh, for the series I can't wait for episode three. Episode three is apparently 80 minutes long. So we're going back to extended play. Um, it's going to be a full, full 80 minute long episode. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in that episode? Is it going to be a lot of flashbacks or are we... Uh, going to be strictly on the new adventure because I'm going to be real like I thought when I saw episode 2 was only going to be 50 55 minutes I'm like alright they kind of blew their load on the first episode and they need to scale it back a little bit and uh, it's going to be kind of a slow, a slow it's going to be a slower episode 
not much you know um character growth as far as like what's happening and we may get like a bunch of flashbacks and some weird you know um some some backstory to uh characters or whatever but not only that's it's what we got but they gave us so much more as well and they really fit a lot of information and a lot of action and a lot of cool cool new ideas to how this world operates and uh they squeezed that all into 55 minutes they didn't miss a beat from episode one so the last of us continues to kill it i can't wait for nine o'clock next week on sunday uh, for episode three we got another 80 minute long banger episode four is only 50 minutes so it's going to be our shortest episode uh, uh so far so who knows how that's going to be but um episode two i give it a 9.5 out of 10 show continues to dominate and uh keep killing it naughty dog team and hbo keep killing it neil Druckmann absolutely phenomenal job on your direction way to go man you killed this you killed this episode shout out to neil and with that is a perfect now talking about perfect segues we just talked about three video game three game adaptations coming to the screen so why not dive into the video games themselves and we're going to switch over to the gaming verse sound good perfect avengers assemble or disassemble i should say uh ooh. avengers have had a rough rough go and uh i've said it multiple times i absolutely loved the campaign to this game i thought it was very well written it was fun. I actually cared about what was going on. Uh, Miss Marvel. It made me care about Miss Marvel more than what the TV show did, to be honest. Uh, it told her story better than the TV show did, to be honest. Uh, being able to use Captain America, Widow, Hulk, Iron Man, Thor. Like, they had awesome abilities. They they had good fighting even though like wasn't the best and it was sometimes um more clunky than it should have been they were still fun to play in my opinion in the realm of the campaign as soon as you got finished with the campaign and you jumped into their live service it was a complete shit show and uh i have to say um I'm not surprised by this, but apparently the Avengers game is going to end support and end uh, end um, new DLC and new game, like new stories and features and any content, any new content. They, they are no longer creating for this game. They're ending the support. They're ending the content creation for it. The company is basically saying that is it. 
this we have gone as far as we can go with this game and uh we want nothing to do with it for the rest of time <laughs> now i i'm pretty sure the servers are gonna stay online even when the support ends and whatnot the servers will stay online so people who still enjoy the game can still play it um but it's kind of just been always from start to finish a rocky road for them. So the way this is turning out, I'm not surprised. I will say they made a really terrible decision. They they so just to let you guys in on on something. They announced that they have a MCU DLC coming out. It costs $75 $75 and you know what the DLC is the DLC is MCU outfits for all the characters it's all a cosmetics there's no MCU storylines to follow although that would have been brilliant to do if you want to take me down, uh, if you want me to run through Endgame via video game, that would sell. That would sell a thousand times. That would sell millions of times if they made it so you can play the MCU legit. But what they're doing is they're charging $75 for costumes. And on top of it, the people that paid for it, the company announced that when the support ends for the game, we are going to open the floodgates and let everyone get all the costumes for free. So if you paid the $75 for, for the MCU outfits, all you had to do is wait a few months and, and you could have got it for free. What a piece of shit move, man. Oh, that's such a piece of shit move. But they don't care. They don't they do not care anymore about the Avengers. And who knows if they ever did. But um the the rumor on the street is they are dropping the Avengers and uh they're going to strictly focus on a new Tomb Raider game. So who knows? We're probably going to get a Tomb Raider announcement soon. And uh, that's the reason. That's the reason why they're, they're walking away from the Avengers. They want to focus on Tomb Raider and uh, hopefully not make the same mistakes that they did on this game. And again, with that being said, I enjoyed the campaign. It was entertaining to me. Um, speaking of enjoying the campaign... Bad segue alert. We have 2K23 WWE had a little announcement today. Talking about bad storylines. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it wasn't a major announcement, but WWE 2K23 announced that 23 is coming out in March. And the cover, they have three different covers for it it's going to be john cena it's uh it looks like it's almost like um a history of john cena if you will it's 
you got the you can't see me john cena the wwe champion john cena the u.s champion thugonomics john cena it's just like the 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 many the many shades of john cena but um they had a little commercial announcement for the game they didn't really show any gameplay it was made mainly an announcement that john cena is the cover the cover boy i guess and uh yeah the game is coming in march so look for that as uh hopefully we get some gameplay footage speaking of gameplay footage suicide squad killed the justice league their gameplay footage has been great so far from what we've seen however they might be pulling an avengers level disaster apparently they're adding now these are all rumors apparently they're adding loot crates they're adding battle passes this is sounding more and more like we're gonna get a live service game through the suicide squad and if that's the case yikes we're gonna run into the same issues that we did with avengers avengers is the blueprint of what not to do for a live service why couldn't they just make this a great campaign game all you had to do was make this a great campaign campaign game with the ability of adding you know co-op mode so you can run through the campaign together it doesn't need to be a live service we don't need to jump into this world and have to loot enemies and uh build our gear and all this you make the game too complicated and now there's gonna be oh i want to buy this king shark outfit for five dollars like it, it's the way gaming is nowadays man these microtransactions have really they're really really changing the 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 gaming world man it's just not a lot of these microtransactions are ruining games it's making it less fun it's putting more of the developers focus in making money on cosmetics rather than the focus on telling a story and making this gameplay top notch and uh it's a damn shame it really is it's just a greedy money grab there's no need for the suicide squad because this has the capability of being one of the best um superhero stories ever told or on a video game you're battling the justice league a, a warped brainwashed justice league this could be a fantastic story and uh it's gonna get cluttered with battle passes and all cut types of weird shit so who knows it's all rumors at this point speculation but uh credible it uh, the leaker seems to be credible as a lot of what he said in the past came true so who knows speaking of incredible leaking ghostwire tokyo i'm, I'm telling you these segues are all god awful and they're going to continue ghostwire tokyo 
is going to leak into the Xbox universe as I believe in March the the exclusivity to PlayStation ends. And once the exclusivity ends, I believe it's March 25th. Once that happens, look for Ghostwire Tokyo to appear on Game Pass uh, shortly after. Now, Ghostwire Tokyo is a game that I was slightly intrigued by. Um, it looked pretty cool. has some sick visuals, uh, some weird um, uh, like magic and um, paranormal paranormal stuff going on in the game but i never got a chance to play it but um i don't know if you got an xbox and you were intrigued by this you're gonna get your chance in a couple months you got a couple months and it should be dropping on game pass now i don't know if it's gonna come to pc i didn't hear anything about that yet but uh it's at least coming to the console via game pass because the exclusivity rights are up in march and speaking of exclusivity warzone 2.0 is exclusively garbage um warzone 2.0 needs a major overhaul and uh everyone can scream get good all you want but it's well known by everyone that this version of Warzone is not the best version. Nobody likes the Gulag. Nobody likes the looting system. Nobody likes, um, uh, what's the name? Like the ping system. The pinging in this game blends into the building. Like it's so bad. The map is fantastic. I love the map. The gunplay somehow got worse. Um, recoil-wise, mods, and all. It's just like, yikes. But with Season 2, which is now delayed, because they, they, they have a lot of work to get, because there's a ton of players leaving the game. This is probably the fastest that players have left a call of duty and that just shows you the state of the game now on the multiplayer side for me personally i love it i'm having a good time on multiplayer um on the warzone side not so much it's not translating well at all and i talked about this last episode my mini rant about Warzone. But um basically with season two now being delayed, it's rumored that in season two they're changing the looting system. It's gonna go back to floating, which means instead of you killing somebody and they drop a backpack and you have to run up to the guy, open the backpack, go through his items take some drop something if you're full you gotta figure this out blah 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 by the time you do all that shit you're dead or you just wasted a, a stupid amount of time and you got the storm on your ass it's so, it's so dumb now like in a traditional battle royal 
You kill somebody, all their items drop on the floor, you run by, pick up what you want, and get the hell out of there. You don't gotta go through somebody's backpack and waste time. That extra second it takes to open the backpack and go through the items, the extra couple seconds, is a matter of a player getting on a roof and sniping you while you're in a menu. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. You should never have to leave the the map. You should never have your eyes leave the game and you're just stuck in a menu of inventory during a battle royal. It's, it's a terrible, terrible system. So apparently that's getting overhauled and, uh, and it's going back to floating where the guns go right to the ground. The grenades go right to the ground, you know. UAVs, whatever you have in your pockets, it goes right to the ground. So that's good. They're making multiple changes. Gulag is going back to 1v1. Uh, they're adding, uh, they're changing some guns. They're, uh, I guess, the way they fire, their recoils. They're, they're just they're overhauling a lot. At least they say they are. Um, how will it work when it finally drops? Who knows? But I'm glad they delayed the season to really work on it if that's what they're doing because uh, Warzone really needs it really needs this to survive <laughs> because right now they're losing so many players. It's insane. It's insane. Like I, I, I truly don't have fun playing Warzone unless I'm in a group. I can't play solo anymore. Warzone 1, I can drop in solo all day. Yeah, sure, you're going to have your bad rounds, have your good rounds, but I still had fun playing. Warzone 2, I, I can't do it. It's just not enjoyable. And uh, even with a group of friends, it's just not that enjoyable. So I don't know. Hopefully, whatever they're doing um, for Season 2 actually helps the game and uh, just brings players back and makes it more enjoyable to, to play and watch. Because who I used to love watching people play it when I'm at work or whatever. And uh, I don't even want to watch that. Like, it's just boring. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of boring, uh, 343 Industries and Microsoft are dealing with a shit ton of layoffs. Microsoft is laying off pretty much everyone. Like every 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 branch of Microsoft is getting hit with layoffs basically. That includes every game studio that they own. The game studios that they recently bought in the last 2 years, they're already they're they're cutting they're cutting employees. They're they're firing employees. Microsoft, I don't know what they're doing. They're they're uh, if you're trying to compete in the gaming world, this is not the way to do it, man. Like I just don't understand what they're doing. I don't get it. I don't get it. They're they're truly there truly is no competition to Sony, and it's sad. It's really sad. Because Microsoft doesn't know what they're doing in the game in the gaming universe. They really don't. They're just completely brain dead on how to operate. And uh, we still have zero. We still have zero new games <laughs> that are worth playing coming out of Xbox. Like, where are their games? The system has been out for two years. 
We got a half-assed Halo that 343 Industries cannot maintain properly. They built this thing like a piece of shit. The campaign, like, they, they took way too long on the campaign. They said it was going to be completely co-op, and they said, no, it's not co-op. Then they were like, well, I guess everyone's complaining, so maybe we'll add the co-op. Like, I don't know what they're doing over at 343, but it, it, this is not right. And they lost another creative director for Halo. So I'm sure that's, I don't know if he left, if the person left or if it was part of Microsoft's just laying everyone off, but it's not, it's not looking good. It really isn't. But with that being said, they're trying to uh, shed some light on the situation and tell everyone that they're um, continuing to support and create Halo despite losing their creative director. And uh, don't don't worry about the layoffs. 343 is still in control and will support Halo for from for now and the future basically is that a good thing do you want 343 continuing to represent and, and create halo and support halo they uh, like the best halo was under bungie everybody knows that now microsoft would never sell the halo franchise because if it went back to Bungie, then it's in Sony's control and then forget it. Xbox might as well just uh, become... They, they, might just, they just shut down the Xbox division altogether. And just do cloud streaming, whatever the fuck they want to do. They seem to be pushing people that way anyway, rather than the consoles. So who knows? I, I honestly don't know what Microsoft doing what what they're doing ever and uh this the, these last couple gens like ever since the 360 was over like they haven't figured out what to do with gaming and it's been a giant clusterfuck since then so who knows speaking of cluster fucks uh real quick hogwarts legacy I'm not going to speak too much on this because I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but I will say one thing and one thing only. Stop telling people to stop playing games. I don't care what's happening politically and socially. If you're a Harry Potter fan and you're super excited about this game coming out, Why should you feel bad playing it? Because apparently there's like some controversy going on uh, about like the creators of the game or whatever. I didn't really read too much into it, so I'm not going to go crazy about the story. To me, the story doesn't matter because no matter what they did, in my opinion, and I'm not saying I'm minimizing what they did or whatever the issue was. I'm saying it doesn't matter because... People, if they want to play a game, they shouldn't feel bad to play a game. 
you got streamers who are excited for this game. There's a lot of people excited for this game. If you're a Harry Potter fan, this game is like everything to you right now. And it looks good. I'm just not a fan, so I don't really know what the hell's going on, to be honest. I may check it out if it ends up being free somewhere where I can just kind of poke around and see what the, what the fuss is about. But as far as like these characters, I know nothing really about them other than they do magic, right? But uh, there, there's streamers out there who are getting destroyed on the internet. Destroyed because they're quote unquote supporting this game. No, they're just excited to play it. They're Harry Potter fans. They want to play this game. They've been waiting for this game. It looks good. They want to play it. And you're shitting on them for being excited about a game that's coming out. And trying to cancel people because they're going to play a game because of whatever social, political BS garbage is going on. Like, all, all that extra stuff is for the people, right? That's involved. It's not for the game itself and, and the people who want to play the game. So, I... I, I will never understand that. Don't cancel people for wanting to play a video game. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And nothing is... If I want to play a damn game, you're not stopping me. Sorry. Sorry, it's just not happening. If I want to play this game, I'm going to play this game. I don't give a shit about your opinion. Or you trying to cancel me because your feelings are hurt. I'm not trying to minimize your problem or your feelings or or whatever issue you may have with a developer. But those are for you and leave your bullshit out of out of uh out of, out of away from me. Like let me enjoy what I want to enjoy. Go deal with your issue somewhere else. Mind your business. So, mini rant over. But uh, just I, I saw I see it all over Twitter and uh, other social media areas where streamers are just getting blasted for being excited about this game because of whatever bullshit's going on, and that's not fair. That's just not fair to anyone. Let people play what they want to fucking play. That's it. End of story. Take your bullshit somewhere else. Go fight your battle somewhere else. Leave people alone. Uh, speaking of playing video games. We got the February game releases, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I need like a, a buzzer or something for the segment or some sort of thing. We'll figure it out. It's a work in progress. But it is time, it is time, time, time for February game releases. That was my attempt at being a game show host. And we got first up, February 1st, Rhythm Sprout. Sick beats and bad sweets. Yeah, buddy. All platforms coming February 1st. Deliver us Mars, February 2nd. All platforms besides the Switch. Parish coming to PC only on P on February 2nd. Fashion Police Squad. February 2nd. All platforms besides PC. Uh we got Active DBG. 
Braves Rage. PC, PS5, Switch, February 2nd. Tales, the Backbone Preludes. PC only, February 2nd. Prison Tycoon, under new management. Prison Tycoon? The fuck? We can just build cities, uh, build prisons? <laughs> like a roller coaster? What was that roller coaster tycoon? We could just build up prisons. That's that's actually kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. I may I may try that. That's coming February seventh on all platforms except for PC. Interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, Hogwarts Legacy, the cancel edition, Kappa, uh, PC, PS five, Xbox Series X coming February tenth. Go cancel yourself somewhere else. Enjoy the game if you want to enjoy it. February 10th, Hogwarts. Leave people alone. Wanted Dead, February 14th. Wanted Dead on Valentine's Day. I respect it. PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox, February 14th. No Switch. Caragon, Steam, Early Access PC, February 14th. Returnal Returnal coming to PC the PlayStation exclusive uh, going to PC continues as Returnal drops February 15th Corpse Keeper Steam Early Access February 15th Threat Rhythm Final Bar Line Jesus Jesus that's a title what what is this title ps4 and switch february 16th wild west dynasty steam early access pc february 16th we have wild hearts coming to pc ps5 and xbox february 17th tales of symphonia remastered ps4 xbox one switch old gen alert february 17th the settlers New Allies, uh, PC only, February 17th. Like a Dragon, Ishin. PC uh, looks like all platforms besides the Switch, February 21st. Atomic Heart, all platforms besides the Switch, February 21st. Blood Bowl 3. What was 2 and 1? I don't know. Let's move on. February 23rd on all platforms besides the Switch. Company of Heroes 3 coming to PC on February 23rd. We have Octopath Traveler 2. I guess he just kept traveling since the 1. It's a PC, PS4, PS5, Switch, no Xbox. February 24th. Pale Beyond, PC only, February 24th. Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, Switch, February 21st. 24th, excuse me. That should be interesting. Adelier, Riza 3, or Riza 3, Alchemist of the End, and the Secret Key. Wow. Uh, PC, uh, PlayStation, Switch, February 24th. We got Kerbal Space Program 2, Steam, Early Access, PC, February 24th. Scars Above, all platforms besides Switch, February 28th. And here it is. My most anticipated February release. Actually, actually, uh, yes, 
that is that is because forespoken is coming out in two days by the way if you didn't know forespoken is coming out in two days maybe even tomorrow i think it is tomorrow actually it comes out tomorrow that is um it, 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 it's, it's a game that i really wanted to play it's getting terrible reviews though it's not looking good on the review side, but the game looks dope. So at some point, I'm going to check it out, hopefully. But back to February, my most anticipated release of February is Destiny 2 Lightfall. It is the conclusion to the 10-year story Bungie wanted to tell about Destiny. And uh, I can't wait to see how it ends. Um, Destiny 2, if you've been listening to me for a while... I, I've always loved Destiny 1. It was uh, it was truly a, a masterpiece as far as mixing first-person shooting and looter. Being being a it's it created the looter shooter. Let's be real. Like they mixed in first-person shooting and and an MMO, and it it just worked so well for Destiny. Sure, it had its issues at times. But overall, the game always had a high player base. You always, there was the DLCs. The, yeah, you looked forward to trials every weekend and Iron Banner and all these things. And it was just always a good time. The new raids coming out. And uh, Destiny 2 just kind of tanked that enjoyment. But with that being said, I'm in too deep. I can't quit. I have to see how this story ends. I've saw it from literally Destiny 1 all the way till now. I've been playing this game for 10 years. And uh, this is the end of whatever Destiny may be as we know it. This is if you're following the MCU, we have reached the end of the saga. We've went through many phases. This is the end of the saga. This is Endgame. And uh, I don't think they're making Destiny 3. I think they're going to continue Destiny 2 and build off it and change it. So after Lightfall and we get the conclusion the, um, that, that you know, we're supposed to get. There's a new story to tell in Destiny. And they're not telling us what, what that is because they want us to finish this story. So I'm curious what if it's going to be Destiny 3, which I don't think it's going to be. But if they make it Destiny 3 and they just start a new saga, new engine, new game, blah, 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 blah. Or if they continue Destiny 2, they release it. The new they start the new saga under an expansion release and just completely revamp the game via an expansion. I don't know how they're going to do it. But um, I'm very curious to see how that goes and seeing how Destiny will change after Lightfall. Because, uh, again, the only story we know has been this 10-year story. So uh, Lightfall is the end of that story. And we get that February 28th. So I will be rocking that for sure. Um, we got Blanc, PC and Switch, February, I believe that's the 28th also. And Redemption Reapers, PC, PS4, Switch, February 28th. 
that'll do it for the february game releases i appreciate you guys listening to me uh rant and give you terrible segues throughout this whole episode we had a ton of stuff to go over so i appreciate you thank you very much and we will catch you next time this is mvp episode 21 peace out